Hello, welcome to a special edition of the uh, Bob and Tom Show. We are live at the uh, beautiful National Association of Broadcast Convention. This is the big room, and uh, this is Tom speaking. With me, I have Chick McGee. Hello again, everybody. And um, Josh Arnold, and the reason Chick is talking like a sports guy is because um, we may sound a little different. We're wearing those headsets with the uh, microphone that sort of is attached to the earpiece. Yeah, sort of the, the Janet Jackson it's all Burger in. King headset. That's right. Yeah, the Madonna headset, if you will. I, I like it. Uh, yeah, well, this good keeps your hands free. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> Jason Bateman and uh, Dodgeball. Didn't he wear one of these? Didn't they put dodgeball on the Ocho or something? It's a bold strategy, Cotton. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> this is unbelievable, everybody. So it's... Um, Wednesday afternoon here at the convention. It really kicked into high gear today. We broadcast this morning from the hallway leading into the uh, main part of the convention center. and We had a uh, great show with uh, Frank Caliendo, Ali Breen, Al Jackson, and Pat Godwin. We're mm-hmm. going to do it again tomorrow with the addition of Greg Hahn, comedian. So uh, it's going to be great stuff. We had Christy Lee. Uh, with us as well, doing the news. But Where uh, is Christy right now? I believe she is in one of the theme parks. Is that right? Uh, because, of course, we are... Uh, you can see Disney World from... You can see the Swan and the Dolphin Hotels from this uh, particular hotel. So we're very close. I have not been into the parks yet. I have my kids coming in tomorrow. And we will be spending uh, uh, the better part of the weekend, of course, at various spots at Disney World. Nice. Right, right now, you look around here and you see a lot of the technical radio stuff that happens here. Yeah. Very serious electronic people and engineers that uh, do all the cool background stuff that keeps uh, shows like ours on the air. I think Josh uh, hit it on the head. This is this is a convention. No matter what you do for a living, mm-hmm. odds are you get exposed to conventions. And this is exactly like that, only this one happens to be about radio. Yeah, a convention is a convention is a convention. Yeah, uh, The bars are full. Yes. yes. We went to go have dinner last night, and the woman at the, uh, what do they call it, the concierge desk goes, um, every restaurant sold out for the next four days. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> so seem very Apparently, pleasant. people in radio like to eat dinner. We should have thought of that. We've got a big contingent down here that made our show possible this morning. Mm-hmm. Our, our staff did an amazing job. We have a beautiful setup, a little stage and a, a, a dais with, um, what is it, eight seats or something? Yeah. Craft services was a little light, in my opinion, Tom. Yeah, you mean, oh, you very mean, light. Oh, that's right. I forgot you couldn't waddle to the coffee shop that's open 24 hours a day, <laughs> 100 that? yards away. Yeah, had I done that, <laughs> can you imagine the yelling that would have occurred? I did that. I, I was fed up. <laughs> I walked down, got a croissant. You were fed up with not being fed. That's exactly right. Yeah, you mean the, like, the four gophers we had running around were unable to... Pick out the proper uh, croissant nope, for that, Mr. Uh, McGee. That was not the, uh, the climate I found. We I found a, no one willing to help me. Well, that's because of your bad attitude. <laughs> nope. We, nope. You know, people work for you despite your bad attitude. I write the checks. I was, I was actually brought a bagel by uh, Mr. Chris Spangle. Brought me a bagel. And some schmear. Spangle. Was, uh, was there enough cream cheese for you? You know what? Yes, if you was, see was, Spangle, was, you One can... container was fine. <laughs> hey, buddy. There. Uh, he's our... Um, uh, what is his title? Uh, I, I'm sorry. I, I, digital director. Ooh, that's good. We have some nice titles. He, he knows all about the, uh, Means the he's digital stuff. In charge of the fingers. But um, uh, That's right. So I thought we would just take a little bit of time since we're at a radio convention to talk about some radio stuff. That we, uh. Some inside radio stuff and some radio background. 
Um, we'll talk about what Chick and I have done in the course of uh, yeah, Josh work, is out working at a bunch of stations. Well, well I had, I've Josh, had some experience in my youth. But, but for Josh, I wanted to go the other direction. I wanted to talk about you as a stand-up comedian for years, or a guest on radio shows, which I think is probably pretty intimidating because you're walking into an area where the hosts are typically very comfortable. And every uh, city has someone like me who's irritated by your presence. <laughs> What was it like? Not, not nearly as much. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. All right. What was it like you. going into these radio shows all across the country? It um, e- each one was pretty was was fairly different. Sometimes you'd get um, what's the silliest name? Always oh, probably shouldn't say that. And quite honestly, I never really had any that were that insane. Like Arthur and the Arthur and Turd Boy and the Gatling Gun. Or yeah, yeah. <laughs> In fact, I think the silliest name I encountered was probably Chick. Is that? Oh, that is, uh, that's just well, mean. well, well. I'm glad we're. T- I'm glad. We're you know, there are some. That you, when you walk in, they 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 let you know that they want you to do material. Right. And then there are some who uh, I've done a, I, uh, done shows where they come and they go. We want absolutely no material. Or if you try to slip material in, they go, "Nice bit. Why don't you just talk to us?" Is that right? Oh, okay. That honestly happens. Yes. So in other words, yes. They, they wouldn't want something that you've actually honed or and <laughs> and made to a, a nice joke right. that would bring a joy to their listeners. <laughs> They'd rather hear themselves being mean to you. Well, potentially, but they're both both kind of fun. Well, you know, but doing your material. I mean, one thing that I learned doing the Bob and Tom show as a guest was. Not to just regurgitate the material, but try to make it conversational. And it, and it takes a while to learn that. It takes a few times. I was always surprised by the comedians who would come in. And honestly, to me, it didn't seem like they had a sense of humor. Or, yeah. or were not capable of well, in many c- cases, conversing. There are, there are many stand-ups you know? out there that have just had someone else write an act. And they've memorized it. And they're good actors. And they perform it well. So uh, it's a different, different type of... Uh, Different type of thing. How many uh, different stations do you suppose you've done over the years, Josh, while touring? A dozen, maybe. Yeah, maybe. It wasn't a ton because mo- most uh, before I started on Bob and the Bob and Tom Show full time, I was wait, who, who? You're full time? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Going on two years now. All right. Yeah. Uh, I was primarily a middle act, and so a lot of times the middle did not have to go do radio. It was always the headliner's responsibility. But those weeks that I did headline, or or those markets that did want the middle to come in as well, it was it was probably about. T- 10 or 12 stations that I did. So you would typically do a show on, say, a Thursday night, mm-hmm. get off stage at 10 or 11, and then have to be at the radio station, what, at 7? Yeah, anywhere between 7 and 9. So how much sleep would you get? Not much, six, five or six hours. Before doing the Bob and Tom show, probably one and a half or two. Just The nerves were just so high. Could this scenario ever have happened? Uh, I heard this story, and I can't tell you who the comedians are, because I don't know for sure that it happened. Yeah. But the MC who worked for the club went to pick up the feature and the headliner, mm-hmm. which is the guy who goes on in the middle, and right. then the headliner is the star of the show. He goes on last. Yeah. So he goes, hotel, picks him up, or the condo, or whatever, and the middle guy tried to get in to the passenger seat up front. And the headliner came out and looked at him and went and tapped on the window and pointed at himself and goes, headliner. The guy got out, went, got in the back seat. I would absolutely believe that. I, got, it yeah, does, I, I have witnessed one of the biggest <laughs> arguments between two good friends of mine based on that. No kidding? And I will name names. It was t- Tommy Jonigan and Sean O'Brien. And Sean O'Brien was emceeing. I was middling. And Jonigan was headlining. 
O'Brien is way taller than Tommy, a bigger dude. Yeah. He sat in the front, and Tommy lost his mind. <laughs> Unironic. He was being. He was he totally was serious. Tommy. Yes. Oh my goodness. And Sean and Tommy. and so they, so I was in the middle. They were looking at me like, hey, which one of us is right? Oh, that's fine. And I just you were in the back seat. Yeah. Yep. So I was sitting in the back with Tommy, and Tommy was losing his mind. Did you give him, Did you give him one of your donuts? <laughs> See what happened there. Was, right, right, right. Yeah, no, I, uh, there, there were none left, Tom. There were none left. I had already gone through all three dozen. <laughs> he let him. He let him get a look at the box that they were in. But <laughs> this is a special edition of the Bob and Tom Show, an afternoon edition. Uh, from uh, the Westwood One Podcast Center here at the National Association of Broadcasters Convention 19, uh, let's see, no, uh, 2018. Close. 2018. I, I was close. 19, <laughs> 192018. <laughs> That's quite a date you got there. Uh, I, was trying, I was thinking about going back in time to the 1900s and uh, talking about uh, the Chick McGee start in the world of radio. Oh, I've probably been on the radio the longest out of everybody, I think right? so. And you were on the radio in high school? Uh, sort of. Our speech class did a show for the local radio station, and we had to record it on reel to reel. Really? And uh, send it over there, and they played it. How old were you? you? 18. Okay. I graduated in June of 1976, and I was doing afternoons in West Virginia in October. Which city in West Virginia? Welch, West Virginia. Okay. In the most depressed county in the United States, McDowell County. Is that where the jelly comes from? Welch's? It's where the dirty, dirty coal comes from, depending on your political... So you went straight from high school? Yeah. I Fresh out of high school, no college. I went to a... Well, I was supposed to go to Ohio State, but I got that job, and I went ahead and took it. Yeah. Plus, and I don't think I could have got through, gotten through college. A lot of uh, authority figures in college. I have... Problems with authority. Problems with authority. <laughs> Not to mention with academia, <laughs> studying. And the grades and the studying. <laughs> Work. Put the old nose to the ground. <laughs> Books. <laughs> Reading. The whole structured. I see. Yeah, yeah. Any, uh, anyway. So you were doing, you were doing afternoons. And this is before you were. Were you Chick McGee or did you have a different radio name? You know the answers to all these questions. That's because there are strangers here and I want them to laugh. <laughs> and I've got my back to them. I know they're living. Welcome, they're to the, welcome to the wonderful world of podcast. They can't wait to hear what your name but is. But I'm over here with the camera. Uh, I was Chuck Michaels. Now, how'd you spell Michaels? M I K E L Z. Oh, that's, I thought, oh, I that's the cool be, way. Yeah. I wanted radical. To be ethnic. I wanted yeah. to be that is radical. <laughs> Michaels with a Z. <clears throat> Sorry. Are you done? No, I, I've no, got I stories to, just as embarrassing. How long was your uh, broadcasting school? Was it like a four-monther, or was it like a year, or what was it? Uh, you went to Scripps uh, Howard or something, No, right? I went to the Ohio School of Broadcast That's right. Technique. <laughs> oh, very nice. <laughs> the, remember, the, okay. the technique, which my brothers to this oh. day give me art of. Technique. Technique. Was that the main way to get on the air, was to go to broadcasting school? I don't know. I no, broadcasting school taught me how to make an air check and gave me a list of places to send the air check to. That's, that was an the air only... Check, an air check, by the way, is a, yes. a recording of um, uh, your ability or lack thereof on the air to talk. And back then... In those would, days, uh, they were on reel-to-reel tape. You'd do, a news, you'd do a newscast, and then you'd intro, it's hollow notes, and then you'd play the... But you'd scope the song, yeah. start the first couple of notes, and then... And you'd end. read sports if you knew nothing about it. Uh, how long? Hey, did you hear about the quarterback, Art Schlichter? <laughs> 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 and they'd go, no, it's Schlichter, you uh, dumbass. The Ohio State Boot How guys. long was the air check, uh, typically? Uh, like five to seven minutes. Gotcha. Not, not very long. So you would, would you send that out to stations? Yep. you box it up and run down to the uh, post office. And so broadcast school essentially got you that. Right. 
Right. Yeah, it, 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 I didn't know anything about it. I had no idea. I'd already gone to college and been working at a restaurant for three years. And I didn't know what to do. I was bored to death. I had no idea. But, uh, yeah, I read, read about this radio school and thought, this will be fun. I did tell you the basics. Things were completely different, than, especially yeah. with respect to the technology. Um, I don't think you can uh, uh, justify, uh, explain how different things were. I, mean, I know I sound like the old guy, but it's absolutely the truth. I mean, people well, listen to radio for music, and there were a, a bunch of stations you could start at, and that's not the case In anymore. the late yeah. 70s, I don't think, I'd, I'd have to talk to some people here, I don't think there was a single sports talk morning show anywhere in the country. No, I, I remember when all that and, and they tried was, they tried one in Cleveland. Sports and it, was straightforward, yeah. They, but they had afternoon sports talk on the yep. AM dial primarily. Yeah. But uh, it, it, th- there's some similarities between now and then. Uh, there there are more stations now. Obviously, there's satellite radio now, podcasting, et cetera, et cetera. But um, it was a different ball game back then. It was especially when you're 20 years older. It was you really were mostly interested in music for most for most of it. That's what I, when I was in junior high and high school, I wanted to be on the radio. That's what I wanted to do. And so I started, I would tell my counselors that, and then they hooked me up with some local radio stations, and I would go in and shadow. And when I uh, did Shadow that, hosted the Hollywood Square, <laughs> yes. I think. When I, when I would go in and do that, um, I, I thought was, we were talking about me. I was often told, well, no, that no, we, were, yeah, we are, okay. that you don't necessarily have to go to broadcasting school. You have to get a job at the station, start, like sweeping. And then eventually you'll... That certainly happened to a lot of people. Okay. And then I, I, I was also told, if you're going to get into radio, music has to be your life. And I went, you know what? I'm, I, I love music. Then don't go into radio. But movies... Because you will play an inordinate amount of songs you hate. Yeah. Yeah. That's the last Isn't that thing interesting? You yeah. You do not want to go into radio if you love music, believe me. And there are no exceptions to that rule. Uh, but the, the, um, in those days, there was a lot more training involved. I guess there is today, but I mean, digital editing is digital editing. I think it's probably right. a lot different. We literally in those days had razor blades, and you would things on tape, and it's kind of hard to explain. You would pull a tape off the tape heads and you put make it on a this mark, little and, machine, make yeah. a mark with a wax pencil, cut it there, and then take the things out. So you're doing physical it. editing. Yeah, the most my most arduous is that a word? Mm-hmm. Um, edit of all time uh, when Sam Kinison's uh, first album came out, which I think was called was it called Hotter Than Hell, something like that. And uh, Sam Kinison's album came out, and I think it was on Warner Brothers. But anyway, it arrived, and it was Sam Kinison. It was, it was, at the time, he, he was just revolutionizing to a degree a certain level of comedy, and I loved it. And um, we couldn't play it on the air because uh, there were some words that are not whatever you want to call it, FCC approved. So I spent an entire afternoon taking out the curse words. But when you do that, and I'll try to explain this, and I'm not sure I can, but let's just say you have a, a length of tape that's like two feet long. You want to take a word out of it? Well, you're going to shrink the tape by three inches. You would physically make sure. a change. So you'd have to, but to make it the the beats stay the same, you'd have to add that much tape in there. Are you following me? Like room noise was at a premium. In other words, if uh, or or you would hear so you'd have to drop c- out if you cut out three inches of tape, you'd have to replace it with something. So you'd want to either replace it with room noise, or what we would do often is replace it with a beep. You'd make a tone of just deed for a minute, and then you just cut that up and splice it in, literally using a different sort of a scotch tape. And but yeah. it would take hours and hours and hours. You could do that now. A good digital editor could do that entire album in probably thirty or forty minutes. Yeah. Was the room easily. tone you were using studio, or was it uh, like were you taking laughs from Kennison's no, other jokes? No, no. I would just I just put beeps in, and it was actually oh, okay. it was actually funnier. And interestingly enough, um, Sam found out about it. I don't know exactly how, 
I, I think I sent it. I sent it to a guy in Toledo and said, "Hey, if you want to use some of the Sam Kinison's album here, you can take it off this because I, I I beat the whole thing." Sam found out about it and made an effort to get in touch with me. So when he came through town for the first time, I got to MC his show and meet him, and he became a good friend of the show. And we have that famous tape of him with Duke Tomato uh, at our studios one morning. It's an amazing thing where Sam sat in with Duke and the band. And, and after Sam died, his brother wrote me a letter saying how much uh, he and Sam loved that that thing. But wow. the larger point I'm trying to make is the 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 difficulties of, of of editing in those days. Everything was much different. You would put Every th- all the commercials would be on what they called carts, which looked like kind of those eight-track tapes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we were laughing about it the other night. In the early days in these old crappy radio stations, you would, the tapes were a big circle, and you'd have to look for the splice. And it was like a 30-second cart or a 60-second cart okay. or a two-and-a-half-minute And you'd have cart. to erase them on this bulk erasing machine. But in the early days, you'd have to look at the thing. You'd put your eye down there <laughs> and be wait wait, for waiting it. for the splice. And the you'd splice ha- to come through. And you'd have to turn it off right if, there. If you recorded over the splice, you would hear like a blip. Or some sort of garbling of, of the the sound. Gotcha. And, and the and the early machines the early machines would have say you they'd put five different commercials on one cart that would rotate. Well, sometimes they would have a different outcue, meaning the last words of the commercial would be different. And so, say it was supposed to be a sixty. Well, half the time they'd be sixty four, fifty eight, fifty nine. <laughs> right. So you'd be sitting there trying to figure out, hey, what's the outcue on this one? I don't even know. And you know, a member FDIC. Then you, then, you, then you hit the next commercial, and all of a sudden it goes, So blah, don't blah, forget. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> damn it. Did you, so, do you guys miss that at all? No. Because it here's, was a really my, a pain my, my point was, if you were on the air, the, the commercials, did, the, the one didn't necessarily fire the next one. They didn't have the Q-tones on them, the kicker tones, whatever you want to call it. I was working a country radio station where all the records were two minutes long. Mm-hmm. And if you had to go to the bathroom, you, it was rough. You yeah. had to kind of get everything in place, get the launch codes ready. In this place where I was working, you, the, the bathroom was a good hundred yards away in <laughs> four turns, and I, because I'd be working the weekends, there'd be nobody in the building. So you, it was, you would desperately search for a three-minute record to see if you could go pee. Yeah. Uh, so no, I don't miss that aspect of it. And, and, then, and there was also a time, uh, if you were listening to say an album rock station, and you heard uh, of the long version of uh, "Do You Feel Like I Do," that meant that. Someone was probably involved in uh, some sort of uh, inappropriate I ass- station activity. I and always assumed it was at least at, the, at maybe a, you know a longer bathroom break. Services or uh, gotcha. I'd never assume that because I was or, naive. Or a bathroom but, break or yeah. So, and and but the the first computer like thing that we ever had, I think, was um, the carts. The commercials would would trip the next one yeah. automatically. So you'd load four in. But sometimes you had to physically, you had to all, do all of this physically. There was no electronic of anything. So if you put, it was called a Q-tone. So the Q-tone would stop the cart, then it would play, but at the end it would be a secondary tone, sec tone in the biz. <laughs> I, I never heard that and I was in the biz. Yeah, and <laughs> at, right at the end, you would uh, remember FDIC and there'd be a, you couldn't hear it, but the... It would trip the next the one. The next commercial Ideally. would hear it. Ideally. Yeah. But now here's the thing. The key to this is then after the, after the one plays, it has to rewind back to where it stops. Yeah. But occasionally, the other people or you would forget and you'd stop it early so you could get something else, another card in there. Right. And you'd forget to rewind it, if you will. Right. So you'd be in the bathroom having a stack of four of them in there and all of a sudden you'd hear... Nothing. Oh, because the one wasn't rewound. Yeah. Yes, many an early DJ uh, soiled himself or, or perhaps or herself. Perhaps as a joke, you would uh, 
put a blank space on there and catch some. <laughs> or as a joke, like I was a, I was also, I did that and had that done to me. Yeah. Was everything on cards, songs and ads? Uh, sometimes. So you were also potentially spinning records at the same Com- time as you usually. Doing, uh, Commercials were all on cart. Okay, from so you the were beginning for me, but yeah, w- but I had records and yeah. Yeah. And the most common thing with the records was the physical records, the vinyl albums that they have now. They had 45s as well. And you had to you adjust had, the speed of the turntable. You had to adjust the speed of the turntable. So you'd hit the Depending wrong on one. what you were playing, you know, sure. All, all of a sudden you've had, and I'm riding on a stairway <laughs> to heaven. Or you'd And I had a, the first place yeah. I worked at really old turntables oh. that had this belt drive, and it was yep. like moving a manual transmission. It wasn't a... Clunk, clunk. So, <laughs> bu- so it would start at the wrong speed, and you'd go... Yep. And all of a sudden would go... We used to play around with that at home. Yes, sir. It's funny that it would happen on the air. <laughs> yeah, those were all interesting oh. things that happened. So you were in Welch, West Virginia, under the name Chuck Michaels. Chuck Michaels. What kind of music were you playing? Uh, top 40. Uh, 8.30 in the morning, frog, uh, fog hat, and you're my driving wheel. Yeah. <laughs> so you would start at 8.30? No, no. It's oh. 6 to, well, on the weekends. I, noon to 6 is what I did, but on the weekends it was 6. And I slept in the back of the station from 6. My, the air shifts were 6 hours then. 6 to noon, noon to 6, and then 6 to sign off. That's okay, another, that's another fun thing. That doesn't exist anymore, does uh, it? Yes. I don't know. Yeah, I sure think it does. does. Yeah, daylight. I mean, AM primarily. Yeah. Oh, okay. There are okay. some stations at sunset they have to sign off. At sunset. At sunset. So we're not. It's not like two in the morning. No, it's it's, it's because in um, the wintertime it's five twenty or whatever. Yeah. It's because Eastern. on the on the AM dial, uh, they have to clear certain frequencies. The name Clear Channel before it meant a very large company in radio. Clear Channel meant a channel that has no other. Radio stations. So, for example, what's a good one? Uh, LW was w- that a clear w- channel. Seven hundred W. There, there was nothing else on seven hundred. Fifty thousand watts. So it goes from Cincinnati at night. It goes everywhere. Half of yeah. Canada. But um, so to clear the channel at, at sunset, I guess any other station on seven hundred that was had a daytime license would have to sign off. Right. So I remember when I was down in Deland, Florida, I would have to sign the station on, and there was literally one of those Frankenstein switches. Oh, yeah. This giant electronic yep. switch the size of a bowling pin, and you reach up, and, <laughs> and, it would, and it would go in, and there, there, you'd, it just, you'd hear this... And the blowers would start, and everything. And there were huge tubes. It was really interesting and cool, but you'd sign the station on, and I'm not kidding, we had that wobbly old, old tape of the national anthem, so it would be eerie. You know, it's the national anthem, but they always sounded real. I guess it was also because it was a certain time of day. I guess the TV stations don't sign off now either, right? No, like, they, I haven't seen that in a long signs. time. Yeah, we were talking about off, things, yeah. sounds that are going away, like the closing of a phone booth or the ding dong of a gas station when you pull in, and it hits those hoses. But. Uh, Something that's gone away, I think, per- probably permanently, is the test pattern on television. Yeah. Yeah. There's a guy who collects those. Yes. And that, I know it because I'm interested in Native American art and things. And those are, there's like, if you can find one particular one that some chief somebody. Right. I remember you telling me about pattern. that. So, yeah. So this is the Honus Wagner of yes. test patterns? Yes. And the actual slide does exist, I guess. And it's worth... Oh. Wow. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. We're getting some questions coming in from Facebook Live. Okay. Is that right? Jill would like to know, what is the best thing about today's radio tech? Um, I'll take that one. Um, No, no, go ahead. What's happening right now is the best thing, which is it's a dialogue. And I'll, I'll make this clear. Back, say, even in the early 80s, if you were on a radio morning show, the only way to get to us was on the request line, which would always be busy. 
and it was just some guy that wanted to hear Ozzy Osbourne again. And you go, we just played it five minutes ago, sir. You weren't going to get some neurosurgeon calling and going, hey, when you guys were talking about that head injury, this is the mistake you made or whatever. That changed with the fax machine. I don't know if you guys, you remember this. Suddenly, sure. every radio station would go, hey, we got a fax machine. And suddenly, the communication started yeah. between the, the people on the air and the audience. That made a big difference. And then it evolved into email. Mm -hmm. And now, of course, between Twitter and uh, Facebook, as we've just seen, there is a dialogue going on. That is, it, it, it's amazing. It's, it's instant now. And this is seen, of course, across all platforms. If you're watching the news on television right now, there are people communicating with the people on the air as they speak. Yes. And that was not the, not the case back then. That's one of many, many differences. Uh, now, obviously, there are a lot more options um, uh, for better or for worse, I think, for better, actually. You think that's eliminated a little bit of the magic um, and or mystery that would sort of go along with being a radio personality was this um, is is before it was kind of like well we I, we just have to listen and enjoy and I now we can actually I like that no one knew what I looked like really you hmm, know yeah I mean up until or I guess our websites and things well we were on TV for a while but I mean. Before that, I you know, unless I said something, that was kind of weird. I got recognized. I can remember the first I time I did that. I was in Orlando, Florida, yeah. and I was doing commercials. I was doing commercials for a uh, couple uh, places down here, and I went into a bank and was cashing some meager check. And the woman went, <laughs> are you on the radio? And I said, oh, well, I do the commercials for the Maison et Jardin. She went, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's what he did, and then he uh, took her home and had a nice glass of wine with her. Oh, yeah, yeah. Closed that deal, did you? That's Next thing you know, her ankles. Yeah, but no, Chicks makes a really good point. There was a lot less recognizability. Oh, I've said this recognition. I've said this part a lot. Is that my my idea of when I was getting into radio? I was an only child. I was very quiet. Uh, I tried not to make anybody angry. And I wanted to sit in a room and listen to records. That's yeah. what I love doing, playing music. And obviously that has turned into whatever the hell this thing is. So I kind of messed up in reverse. Well, what this thing is... Uh, the, the, Not that I don't love it. The cool thing right. about radio, this is so much more intimate. People that are listening to this right now, I, with very few exceptions, are listening by themselves. Yes. It's, uh, when you're driving to work, you're listening, yeah. and you're taking and, a shower... And naked. It's, it's a very warm medium. Yes. People can really get uh, involved in our lives, and now they can get themselves involved in our lives as well with the various social media platforms that go back and forth. A lot yeah. of people it is fun. Wrong, get the wrong idea, think we're really their friends, stuff like that. <laughs> Next thing you know, they're camping out in your front yard, stealing your mail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, we have, um, we've got a chick in Welsh, West Virginia. Welsh, West Virginia, Chuck 1976, Michaels. and then I... Got a new job in Williamson, West Virginia. <laughs> How far away from Welch? Uh, like 70, 80 miles did north. You, did they oh. find you or did you find them? Um, God, I forget. I think I found them. There used to be a, remember the magazine? What was it called? Radio? No, Radio it wasn't, and Records. It wasn't Radio and Records. It was Broadcast Magazine, I think. And there were really good one ads in the back of that magazine. And, they wanted, and I sent them a tape. And that's where I was... Uh, Program director and music director. No kidding. That's right. So I'm assuming they're <laughs> now off the air. <laughs> they fell into bankruptcy shortly after, after I took over, but nonetheless, I tried. And you no, know, that was the sh where I did Tradio, where it wasn't. A, it was a swap shop. It wasn't something for sale. It was like I have an iPhone Seven. 
I'd like to trade that for yes. for six uh, snow and tires. You would go on the air yes. and you would say, and, Gary. And by the way, it's still out there. Which I've got to hear. I was it's driving. Amazing. It's wonderful. I was driving through uh, Central Illinois, and I heard one of these shows. And it, it, it's as it, the, spe- the specificity is amazing. It'll be a guy going, "Yep, uh, I need uh, four tires <laughs> this size, uh, and I'm uh, getting rid of a uh, Samsung washing machine." So. And then somebody would call in, and you would you would act as the sort of the cupid. You would connect yeah, them, and I would give the phone number, and and yada yada, and that's what they they, they like, and and they wanted me to give the phone number twice, and. All this stuff, and then one day, <laughs> a lady called, and, and I take live calls on the air. Okay. And then uh, this lady called and said, hey, I didn't have my item announced yesterday. And I said, gee, that's too bad. <laughs> and With just that tone? Just uh, maybe even more sarcastic. And she got upset and told her nephew, who happened to be my general manager, oh, and boy. he called me in and fired me. And that's when I started working at Otis Elevator in London, Ohio. Wow. That's why to this day I'm elevator loyal. <laughs> yeah, sure. If sure. I see an escalator and elevator, it's not at Otis. I'm that's taking exactly the stairs. Right. And then I worked in uh, Piqua. It was beautiful music, all on tapes. So you had to load the tape machines, and they, the tape machine would trip each other. And, and I ran uh, Ohio State and Cincinnati Reds, Ohio State football, Cincinnati Reds baseball, depending on the time of year, sometimes both at the same time. <laughs> and uh, that was my job. I worked mid, uh, six to midnight there. Okay. And then I came to Springfield, Ohio before here, and now I'm, I went to uh, and, and then Indianapolis. You were working, wait, no, but you were working the AM, you were working the oldies station. I was doing classic Down hits. the hall. That's right. Down the hall from Bob and Tom. Mm-hmm. And I uh, had had various conversations with then Chuck. And, uh, and I loved Elvis, his dog. Beautiful dog. Yeah, Beautiful yeah. Golden, golden Retriever, best one ever, never needed a leash. And uh, we, we thought, hey, this is great. We could use uh, someone. Uh, and so we had to invent a category to bring Chick in. So I said, uh, are you a sports fan at all? And Chick goes, yeah. What do you like? And he goes, the Washington Redskins. What else? <laughs> that's <laughs> Long pause. <laughs> well, that's fine. <laughs> That'll work. That's the, and that's pretty much how that's. And I will never forget one of the f- first sportscasts I did on the air. I was also putting commercials together uh, at the radio station that was carrying Bob and Tom, and so I had that job to do. But I also would come in in the morning and do a sportscast, and then be out of the studio. I wasn't in the studio all the time for the whole show. I just come in and do a sportscast. So I, one, of, I don't know if you even remember this. Uh, it was the Nobles, Noblesville High School is the Noblesville Millers. Okay, it's like for a. a like a bread mill, like yeah. grinding wheat and things like that. So I said the Noblesville Milers. Well, <laughs> these guys are from Michigan. They're not real, you know, savvy yet. So we let it go. I go back to my desk. And about five minutes later, I guess you guys had started a song. Bob and Tom both come back to my little cubicle. And Tom looks over at the cubicle at me. And Bob looks at me, as only Bob could at that time, and goes, it's Miller's. <laughs> not Milers. <laughs> Don't let it happen again. Bob walks away and Tom goes... Uh, yeah, you should probably keep your uh, ad-libbing at a minimum. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tom walks away. So you get them to stay sharp. <laughs> I see. That's right. Tear you whiplash them. Tear them down and build them up. Right, that's yeah. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yep. yeah, so those were some good days. And then yeah, those were some fun times, yeah. Chick's been part of it ever since. And the, the sort of the timeline, the other interesting thing, uh, I think interesting, I hope, is when, um, if you look at photographs of of radio broadcast booths over the course of time. Uh, in the 70s, uh, it was all vinyl. 
and, and carts. Yep. But in a typical album rock station, you would have a wall with hundreds of albums. Yeah. And you had to keep you had to keep the proper album in the proper space with the proper number on it so you could find it quickly. But you'd have albums and 45s, and there'd, sometimes there'd be kooky things where you'd have an album-sized 45. <laughs> that the record companies would send out. Company would send out. The, the one I remember the most was a band called The Cutting Crew. Oh, yeah. Died in your arms tonight, right. that song. And the, I, and, remember this? I bet there are people tonight. here who have this thing. Yeah. There was a vinyl, large vinyl thing in the shape of a cross-cut saw blade. Oh, oh really? Yeah, very cool. And the oh, for the cutting crew. Yeah, the, I see. Right, the right. coolest thing ever, the promotionally, was a... Um, uh, are we still on? What's going on here? Okay. Sorry. The, the, the best thing that was the, um, the switchblade that didn't have a blade in it. It had a comb. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was, that very was cool. Very, that, was, that was very cool. Um, but I was, what I was saying was if you kind of look at the evolution, if you just saw pictures of studios, you would... Uh, I think I'm having a little audio problem myself right now. Pictures of studios, by the time the early 80s kick in, I would say probably 83, 84, in place, or at least uh, 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 next to the turntables, there were CD players. Suddenly, CDs were everywhere. As early as 83? I want to say 83, 84. Yeah. And I bet, were they $900? No, they were 3000 They were oh, okay. Thousands. Yeah, wow. And uh, the first one I had was Alan Parsons' iRobot. And there were only there were only a handful of CDs, um, and I'm sure there are people at this radio convention that would know what the, what the first. One. I know there was a Springsteen CD of Born to Run, but in some of the CDs, the original quality of the CDs was not good. Hmm. They were not well. They, in some cases, they literally took a, a phonograph record and just re-recorded it digitally right, by right. putting a microphone up to a speaker. But uh, that was a big revolution because just in terms of the physical space that uh, albums take up versus CDs. So then the racks all changed. Yeah. And in many cases, all the albums were moved out eventually by the probably the mid to late 80s. All the albums were gone, and it was strictly CDs for the most part. And then the storage for what was, what was vinyl albums, they went to CDs, and then obviously everything on hard drive. Mm -hmm. it was, on all that space, it, it was stunning to see. What, Q, uh, radio station, we worked. It there were it was a giant area where there were all these records and it was just you can't imagine thousands of records thousands and thousands all of cataloged and then eventually yeah. they just they said take them so various people uh, grabbed them and took them home oh i did that before though i i pretty much you would often uh, abscond with uh, certain yeah if it was in the building it was mine that's why i looked at it <laughs> uh, but then the next kind of revolution uh, in on the air i don't think there were there were screens in front of all of the jocks. Boy, I would say that was probably ninety mid nineties. Would you say? Yeah, I'm trying to. Th when, when I would shadow in the mid nineties, there were screens. But they were like for sound effects. They weren't for much. But they, would, uh, they weren't like law uh, commercial. Uh, they brought anything, in giant. What do you call the big TV set like? Uh, CRTs, yeah, they Cathode were. Cathode ray tube. Yeah, now have, you know how people watch a movie from the '90s? You see someone at a computer, you go, "My God, what is that thing?" Oh, it's a, it's this huge box. Yeah. yeah. And they brought those, in, and I can remember when they brought them in, saying, "What are these for?" But and the the first thing I used it for was communicating with Dean, our producer. We had whatever AOL's communication. I missed that. that. I missed the AIM. What was that called? AIM. Yeah. So we'd go back and forth with AIM, and he'd go, "Hey, the guest is here. He's in the green room," or, "I've got." Uh, 
uh, Larry King on line two. And he's, he's typing all this, and it's showing, showing up on your up monitor. screen. Yeah. And then it was quite a while before, at least for us, we had the Internet on those screens. And now I can't imagine doing the show without them, although we didn't have it this morning. But we all have phones, and we had to look up a few things because we're yeah. broadcasting in a remote well, location. Well, that's the thing. We had to stumble around in the dark with facts or, you know. Yeah, you, yeah you'd say, yeah, who was the guy that pitched that game? And then Not a week a later, you'd get yeah. someone writing you a letter going, oh, that was. Yeah. So it would drive you crazy for a week. Or you could call the library. Do you remember that? <laughs> we used to call the library for, for facts instead of Google. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's Back in the day, you could call the well, library and go, hey, look this still, up for me? You still can. Yeah. You still can. They don't get as many calls, of course. Sure, yeah. They probably huh. make fun of you if you call. Would, they, would you go, hey, who, pit, who's the, uh, who pitched the most wins in a season? Would they go, uh, just one second, and go look it up? Yep. Who, who was the Cleveland Indians pitcher who threw a no-hitter and also mooned Bob and Tom on a golf course? That's a good question. Well, I don't know that answer. That's Len Barker, of they, course. They wouldn't know that unless they listened to the show. But <laughs> that, right. is a, that is an actual fact. And it wasn't just any moon. It was the moon you could see all the way to Cleveland. Ah, the the whole see. fruit bowl, yes, baby. That was, old, yeah, that, was, that was very unpleasant. Yeah. So Nobody much. moons at each other like jocks, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 During a charity golf outing. Very no. graphic. <laughs> sure. So uh, we're talking about uh, the evolution of radio and at least in, in how it was for us. Um, I, I think that we've kind of covered the big leaps, and then uh, obviously cell phone technology. I think if you told us ten years ago you're going to be able to um, watch an entire movie on a cell phone on a plane, you'd go right because they were so crappy back then. Right? They were flip. But in, I mean, they were amazing then. But I mean, I mean, I even today's technology. Remember the commercials coming out for the fir- the first phone with a, a camera in it? Yeah. And I remember going, "Who's who's, who's going to use that? Yeah, who's going to use their phone?" What a to fool take a I was. And yes, you were a fool. <laughs> and now you go to a concert and all you see are, are cameras in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Got this question from the uh, Facebook live feed. This is from Chad. Hey, Chad. He goes, um, <laughs> goes uh, by the way, remember our true fact about the name Chad? The country or the person or the, the name? The name Chad. No. What's the true Chad fact? Chad is a very, very old name. Yeah, we found out it came from, and wasn't it like Tiffany was also super old? Yeah. Something that sounded semi-modern. It was was actually, I on the show the morning? You oh, maybe you, yeah, you may not have been. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, the name Chad is a, a very old, old name. Uh, really? His, Centuries, yeah. 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 Uh, in any event, I'm sorry, Chad, to dwell on that. Chad says, why did you pick Josh? <laughs> Man, no oh, kidding. Okay. Well, it was close, Chad, let me tell you. I, have to, we, <laughs> I fought. We, we have to, to wrap end. it up, and I can tell you the exact story. Uh, we... Uh, <laughs> What we did when Bob left, we decided that we were going to uh, have a guest host every week. And um, interestingly enough, the very first day, Bob, because Bob had been only working about half the year, he'd work three days a week or take months off at a time. Take a quarter off. So, uh, but so we didn't have a permanent guest, but we were uh, we were having a guest host every week. And what I was doing was very quietly auditioning them. The very first guest host we had called me before the very first show was Monday. He called me Sunday night, and he goes, uh, I'm in Baltimore. I can't make it. <laughs> <laughs> and Baltimore's nice. Don't get me wrong. So that was not me. That it was, was not you. But no. we, we went through a series of, uh, and I wasn't really saying anybody were auditioning anyone. I was going through a lot of uh, what we used to call tapes. A lot of recorded people were submitting stuff. We weren't necessarily looking for a, a replacement for Bob. We were just trying to figure out what to do. We would have two people or whatever. And then... Um, you would come in twice during that period of time, and uh, Chick and I were talking. I can remember it was election day because I was sitting in the parking lot of the church where I voted. So oh, I thought you were where I prayed. 
Um, on election day. It was, uh, and uh, I, I was sitting in the parking lot, and Chick called me, and uh, we were talking about various things, and I had already talked to uh, one of the guys I deal with on a, as a consultant. I said, I think this Josh might be the guy. He's really funny. He's really good at ad-libbing. And out of nowhere, I'm sitting on the phone, and Chick goes, I've been thinking. What do you think about Josh Arnold? <laughs> and it really... And no, I, it, so I didn't yeah. say, well, that's exactly what I've been thinking about. I said, yeah, yeah that, that might be good. And then I, but I, what I want, then I called Josh, and I don't think I said exactly you're auditioning, but I said, can you come in for a couple of weeks? Is that yeah, no, I never... I, I, I did, you did not tell me that I was auditioning. I, didn't, I wasn't sure. But I did eventually, after a few weeks of guest hosting, let Chick and Dean know, hey... Well, that was the thing with you, that, that we were worried that you had too uh, much of a comedy career going, that you wouldn't want to, you know, stay in one place all the time and be on the... And plus, it's draining. I mean, if, yeah. if you're not used to it and kind of natural at it, it really does suck the life out. Four days, four days, five days a week, four hours a day. It's... I remember Kostaki came in a couple of those times, and we yeah, love yeah, Kostaki to death. I remember after the third hour of the first day. He looked day, at us and goes, Kostaki goes, are we done? <laughs> you got another hour? So, yeah, no, it, was, yeah. it worked out perfect because it yeah. it's what I've always wanted to do. Well, we didn't know that. You're very good at it, and thank you. Well, thanks for thank listening. You. This has been a, a mini tour of the world of radio from the uh, National Association of uh, Broadcasters Convention. Thanks to our friends at Westwood One, and hello and goodbye on uh, Facebook Live. And thanks to, I want to say a real quick thanks to the amazing staff uh, at both the convention and the, all the people we've brought down, they have done a stellar job. One of them even got into a car last night to go get Chick Diet Pepsi because this building only serves Coke. I don't think that happened. Talk about it? a diva, my Lord. Could we get a gown for you tomorrow morning show? Uh, <laughs> I would love a gown. Next year we'll see if the NAB can broadcast from a Pepsi building, if that's okay with you. Jackie Kennedy's my cousin. Oh, Thank yeah. you very much. Again, good night. <laughs>